Welcome food and fitness lovers to Tina's Ageless Kitchen. Welcome food and fitness lovers to Tina's Ageless Kitchen. I'm Chef Tina Martini. You might know me as the Medicine Chef. Well, we're going to have some fun in the Ageless Kitchen today, and it's all about you, the viewer. You know I can't do this without you, and I sure appreciate you writing in all of your emails. I've received so many emails from people all over the world, and I'm so happy that we can connect. Well, today we're going to have some fun with some favorite fan recipes. The first one I'm going to do is a recipe that's over a hundred years old. And it's really a fun one because all you do is dump everything in and stir it up and the oven does the magic. This is a cornbread and I'm going to make it a southwest cornbread. And it's going to have a little bit of the mild green chilies in it. But what the cornbread batter does in the oven on its own is it separates into three distinct layers. The top layer is very crispy and very light. It's lovely. And then the middle layer is more of a corn custard, super sweet and really creamy. And the bottom layer is more like a traditional cornbread. Again, this recipe is over 100 years old, and it was shared with me by a viewer. All right, so here we go. Let's put it all together. We've got quite a few different textures going on, and it has to do with physics. The heaviest ingredient falls to the bottom while the lighter ingredients rise to the top during baking and that's what makes that distinct three layers. Alright, I've got coarse grind cornmeal here and of course always organic on the corn. Now corn has a very special property in it that seems to be our greatest hope in curing HIV. It has a very special protein that specifically targets viruses and viruses are a little tricky in the medical world. We haven't really unlocked all of the mysteries of the virus but the energy and the phytonutrients in the corn really target those unwanted situations in the body we call a virus. All right, so coarse grind there. I've got some whole grain pastry flour, and it's very light in nature, so it doesn't really look like a whole grain flour. That's why it's considered a pastry flour. It's light and fluffy and airy, and that way it's not gonna form too much gluten so you get a tough end result. We want our baked goods always to be light and delicious. All right, where am I? At. Let's get some other all-purpose flour here. And again, I'm using unbleached organic flour. Now you could probably make this work with a gluten-free um, cornbread mix. You would just add a little bit more liquid and that's what gets the separation to happen. Now I've got a little bit of wheat germ and this is a great vegan source of the B vitamins. What do B vitamins do, Chef? Well, they help us manage stress. They give us beautiful hair and skin. They also help the nervous system to react quickly and help us to make good decisions. All right, so I've got the wheat germ going down. I've got a little bit of baking powder 
And I use the non-aluminum baking powder, chefs, and again, that's gonna be in your organic or health food store of your choice. And that organic baking powder, again, has no aluminum. Alzheimer is connected to heavy metals in our diets. So we really wanna to try to go for those products that are not synthesized or processed with metal involved. And the baking powder generally does have aluminum in it if it's conventional, so let's go organic. All right, I've got some salt, and we always put a little bit of salt in our baked goods, even when we're doing sweet, right, pastry chefs? It helps lift all the flavors just like it does in savory cooking. All right, so I've got some eggs and I've got some melted butter. Now you could lighten this up if you wanted by just doing one whole egg and one egg white. But I like the lutein and the zeaxanthin here. It's really great sun damage protection. It's great to protect our eyes. And it really gives a good, strong kind of filter against the damaging UV rays of the sun. I've got melted butter here. And of course, that's going to be rich, creamy, and delicious. It gives just that old school buttery taste to it. And then I've got some honey for a little bit of sweetness. Now you'll use the amount of honey that you like, chefs. It really matters, you know, not to me how much honey or to the recipe. You may not want a lot of sweet going on in your cornbread, so you would use half the amount of honey that I just did. I like this cornbread to be a little bit on the sweet side. Reminds me of my mom's recipe. All right, I've got green chilies, and these are the mild green chilies, and I am gonna use the liquid as well. That's gonna infuse that beautiful Southwest flavor all the way through the chilies. Now, chilies are a great source of vitamin C, and they really also are a great way to keep down that inflammation in our joints. All right, let's go ahead and mix it up. I think a whisk is what we need here, chef, so let's just get that off of our scraper and I'll just put this to the side and let's just whisk it up. Now, like any baked good that we've made together before, we don't want to overdo. Let's go ahead and add in our buttermilk in the end to bring everything together. Now, buttermilk is a great source of calcium and calcium is very important for blood clotting, heart rate, bone strength. I mean, we've got a whole lot of need for a good balanced amount of calcium. But what we're finding, chefs, is that vegans who don't eat anything from animals actually need a lot less calcium than we originally thought because the lack of animal processes going in or animal proteins and products going in, the less amount of calcium being leached from our bones. So just another good reason to be vegan or at least practice a few vegan days per week. All right, so this is really liquidy, and you might be thinking, oh, I overdid the buttermilk, but not at all. The recipe is just exactly as it's supposed to be. It is a little bit of a watery batter. <clears throat> Pardon me, now let's go to the benefits of the buttermilk. Our buttermilk's got that sharp tang, and getting back to the calcium and how we absorb the calcium, buttermilk is acidic and calcium will not be absorbed by the body unless it's in an acidic environment. So drinking buttermilk or using it in your baked goods, and it's fabulous in chocolate cake. That acid sets up maximum absorption for your body to utilize the calcium that it needs. All right, so that batter is good enough. We've got it all mixed up. Let's get rid of that. 
and let's go ahead and scrape it into our prepared baking dish. Now the oven's already on to 350 and remember we always want the oven and the pans waiting for us. We don't stand around in the kitchen. Chefs are always moving and we're always moving on to the next task. So you definitely want to have your oven and pan hot for you. Alright, I've sprayed this with a little bit of coconut oil just because that's my favorite. Whatever oil you like to use. And then we just scrape all that batter in and again it is supposed to be quite liquidy like this. You can leave the chilies out of course. Another great addition here might be a little cheddar cheese, wouldn't it? A little cheddar cheese would just do the trick. Alright, time to get our beautiful and funny, mysterious cornbread into the oven so the heat can do its magic and separate it into three layers. I'll be right back. Let's pop this guy in and we'll move on to something really funny. Hi, I'm Todd Allen Lowe from Allen's Pantry. Stay tuned for more Foodie TV. Hi chefs! Alright, we're having some fun in Tina's Ageless Kitchen today. We're doing recipes that actually shouldn't work, but do. And I've got these recipes from some viewers that really wanted to share some of their family memories. Now you're going to see something right now that you've probably never seen me do before. I'm going to use refined sugar. This is an old recipe. This recipe is from the 30s. And they did use refined sugar back then and to make sure that the recipe works properly, we're going to go ahead and employ some refined sugar. It's not something that we want to do every day or do a lot of, but it's really not quite the horrifying thing that the media likes to make it out to be. Sugar is very high in minerals. It's just that this type of sugar is a little bit overly refined, that's all. Tends to spike the blood sugar a little bit, but hey, that's why milk goes along with cake so great. And that's what we're going to make is a funny cake. The recipe is from a viewer, and this is something that his family used to make for him when he was little. So Paul, big shout out to Tucson, Arizona. I'm going to make your funny cake right now. All right, we're going to start with a chocolate sauce. And wait till you see how this works. I'm really anxious to show you, chefs. So let's get a low heat because we're going to work with the chocolate. I'm going to put a cup of water. Now, you know in your pastry lessons with me before, water is chocolate's number one enemy. What's going on? But we're actually going to melt the chocolate right here in the water. All right, so let's go ahead and put in a cup of water. And I'm going to put three baking squares. So it's the baker's chocolate. And we're going to just drop that right in. And three squares is all you need and that's going to melt out in the water and make a nice rich sauce. What it looks like when it's done is really just kind of like chocolate water. But what it does when it gets into the cake batter is really magical. So we've got that together. Let's go ahead and melt the chocolate now. Alright, so as you can see in the pan, it looks like the oil and the water, the oil being the chocolate, aren't going to mix. And that's very true. Oil and water don't mix. But we're just going to keep working it and it'll actually work into the water fairly quickly. So it looks kind of strange. You can see kind of the stringy chocolate on the bottom. Don't let it burn. Keep it moving. And then once we've got that all incorporated, and you can see now that we have it incorporated, we're going to go ahead and add our sugar in. 
Let's go ahead and get that. And now, chefs, we want to bring this to a boil, and that's going to start our chocolate sauce that we're going to pour down into our cake. We're going to keep an eye on that, chefs, while it comes together, and then uh, we're going to go ahead and put our cake batter together. Now, you see that I've got graham cracker crusts here. I thought I was making a cake. Well, that's part of the funny cake, is it goes in a pie crust. So the way I made it originally, when I made it for Paul, is I used a chocolate cookie crust. This is a graham cracker crust, and either one will work. You could actually use a pate brise, and that is the classic uh, pie crust. So either one would work, but again, I really found that it was super delicious in a dark chocolate cookie crust. All right, so we're bringing that to a boil. We've got our pie shells ready to go, and this recipe does make two cakes. I'm gonna move this to the side and use this bowl. So let's go ahead and get our flour in. And we're going old school today. The Ageless Kitchen is just having fun. Remember what I always say, chefs, it's the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, we're taking excellent care of ourselves. 20% of the time, we're having Haagen-Dazs and drinking wine, and nobody knows the difference. All right, so I've got some milk here, and you do want to use full-fat milk. The fat helps the recipe work. We're going to get two eggs going in just a moment. You want to use your whole eggs. Again, it's a fat thing here. And then I've got some sugar going in. Baking powder and salt to lift the flavor. All right, so we're all set. Oop, let me put a little bit more baking powder in there. There we go, get that all in. All right, let's go ahead and mix this up. Let's check how we're doing with our sauce. And we're starting to get a little simmer going here. Let's just go ahead and let that keep working while I get the cake together. And again, chefs, with our pastry lessons in the past, we know that we're not overworking the cake batter. So just go ahead and let that come together. And then I wanna melt the butter a little bit. So let's go ahead and just put that in a dish and we can just melt it on the stove or pop it in the microwave for a second, that's fine. All right, let's go ahead and put that down there. We'll leave that there for a second. I just wanna bring this together just a little bit more and we'll incorporate our melted butter. Looking great. Coming to a boil over here. Good deal. All right, the sugar's dissolved, so let's just let that go another couple of seconds, and we'll go ahead and melt our butter. Hang on just a moment. You're seeing all kinds of things that the medicine chef doesn't normally do. I'm actually gonna melt butter in the microwave, but just a few seconds isn't gonna hurt anyone. And remember, it's not all or nothing. We have to have some fun. And recipes like this bring back memories. They connect us to our childhood. They connect us to the people we love. And I think that's most important. All right, let's get this out. There we go, be careful, chefs. And into the dish. We're gonna bring this together. And again, scraping down your dish. You can turn the bowl to make your job easier. That'll help you make sure that you're incorporating and mixing everything really well. And this smells really nice. You know what? This reminds me of my mom's kitchen. Okay, we're boiling. Let's take it off. There we go. All right, chefs, you can see that we're in there and we're boiling real well. 
going to incorporate that. And now we want to work the rest of our butter in and a little bit of vanilla. Now, why don't we go ahead and drop the vanilla in while the water and the chocolate are boiling? Because that's just going to evaporate all that beautiful vanilla flavor. So you'll notice in almost every recipe, they ask you to remove the ingredients from the heat and work the vanilla in. All right, here goes the butter. I'm going to bring this back so that we can see what's happening there. And we'll whisk that in. And we'll whisk in the butter and the vanilla. All right, let's get that incorporated. That looks great. And that is our chocolate sauce. We're going to set it aside and we're going to finish up our cake. All right, so our melted butter is in here and we're going to really bring that together good. And then we're going to go ahead and mix in the two eggs in the end. All right, scrape it down, and there we go. I think that's one thing that people don't like when they're baking, is they don't want to stop their mixer, they want to stop their hand mixer and scrape down the bowl. And it's really important to do that, chefs, because if you have bits of batter up here and you're not scraping it down, they're gonna get hit by the air and get kind of hard and crispy. And then if you say, oh my goodness, I didn't scrape my bowl down, and you go and scrape it in, then guess what? You've got hard bits in your soft cake, and we don't want that. All right, let's go ahead and add the eggs. And I'm going to add both of them at the same time. Now, some of your recipes will say one at a time to get it thoroughly incorporated. This is a recipe that you can go ahead and put both in at the same time. Let's move that out of the way. And just break that yolk so that you're ensuring that you're getting it worked in. All right. And then let's go ahead and beat that pretty well and get that all incorporated. And then we pour the batter into the um, pie crust, whatever one we've selected. And then we pour the chocolate sauce down over that. And it's very strange the way you do it. It's very strange the way the water kind of goes into the cake batter. And then again, just like our cornbread, all the magic happens in the oven. All right, you want to work that about a good full two minutes and get those eggs well incorporated. Do you see what's happening with the batter here, chefs? It's really starting to thin out and get a really beautiful consistency to it. It's got a nice gloss on it. Let's go ahead and scrape all that down and it's time to put it into our pie shells. All right, move that forward. Now just go slow and put about half in. And then you're gonna move over here and put another bit in, kind of keep an eye on what you're doing. And there we go. All right, let's get that down. Yeah, yeah, they're a little uneven, chefs. So I'm gonna go ahead and scoop a little bit out of here and that's okay. Again, no one knows but you and I. And we just put that over there. Let's use my sanitized fingers. Okay, chefs, does that look better? I think that's better, okay. So we get our chocolate sauce now and we're gonna pour that right in. Let's mix it up real well so that we have everything incorporated. Do you see how watery that is? It's the most bizarre thing. And then here we go. And you're just gonna pour about half of that in. Well, how's it looking, Paul? 
Is it bringing back memories? I sure hope so. All right, and there we go. And we've got a little extra sauce for some reason here. That's okay. Let's just pour that down until we fill the shell. And that's it. All right. Good job. Okay, into the oven we go, and when we come back, we're gonna check out our funny cake and our crazy layered cornbread, and I've got a really crazy cocktail to show you. It's a Poussey Cafe. We'll see you in a minute. Hi, I'm Molly Bravo. Welcome to Organicopia, the total organic experience, and you're watching Foodie TV. Well, welcome back, chefs. We're having a great time in the kitchen and we're just doing old school viewer requested recipes. It's fun to talk about the delicious medicine and you know, if it's made with real ingredients, it's got some nutrition in it, but we're not gonna worry about that today. We're here in Tina's Ageless Kitchen to have fun and to have fun with our viewers. I'm gonna do a really crazy drink now and it's from a classic called Poussey Cafe. And what the Poussey is, is it's a layered drink and it has interesting liqueurs in it, like a violet liqueur. So it really takes a strong stomach to drink an eight layer drink, but I'm gonna kinda cut it down a little bit and make it a little more tasty and a little more fun. We're gonna do the American flag in a cocktail glass. So let me bring this over here. Now this is all about physics again, we talked about earlier physics with the heavy ingredients and the lighter ingredients. And that goes for both our cake, our funny cake that is, and our three layer cornbread, which I can't wait to cut into. So we've taken our cornbread out of the oven and the funny cake is still working, so I thought we'd make a really festive cocktail. Now I'm gonna make the American flag in a drink glass. And again, we're getting back to physics. So the heaviest of the liqueurs that are gonna be used is the cherry flavored grenadine. All right, we're gonna layer the drink so we make the flag actually in the glass. So we're gonna use the back of a spoon and this is a easier technique than it looks. All right, I've got blue curacao and blue curacao is orange flavored. So we're gonna park the tip of the spoon right at the top of the other liqueur. And we're going to very carefully, and I'm not gonna talk for a minute, chef, so hang on with me, you're on the edge of your couch. We're just gonna pour that slowly down over the back of a spoon. And that's gonna give us the desired red and blue. And then we'll put the white on top. All right, so did we achieve our first layer, chefs? Let's clean that spoon off. All right, let's get down and take a look. There we go, we've got the red, we've got the blue. And now for the white, which is gonna be clear. Okay, so we've gotta be really careful with this, chefs, because this is the lightest of all of the liquors. This is vodka. And so we wanna keep the red and the blue separated and just pour the clear liquor on top. All right, here we go. I happen to be using an organic potato vodka. And I'm just gonna pour that slowly down over the spoon. 
and that's going to give us our white stripe in our American flag. Don't hurry or they're going to mix. And let's see if we were successful. Let's get down and look. And there we have it, three layers, white, blue, and red. Here's to your health, chefs. We've got our American flag in our glass, and now you've seen how to do it successfully, so you can amaze your friends and family the next time you have a festive party. All you have to do is figure out which of the liqueurs is gonna be heaviest, and then a medium weight liqueur, and then something light to float on the top. And there's lots of combinations for that, so you'll be able to be really creative. And if you go on YouTube, there's lots of different little videos that show how to do the traditional Hussein Cafe. So when we come back, we're gonna take a final look at those recipes that shouldn't work, but do. I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sarah Nicholas, host of The Story of Cooking. And the Story of Cooking is all about food, family, and stories. Every memory I have growing up and to this day is centered around a recipe, a family get-together, and of course, all family get-togethers involve food. This season on The Story of Cooking, we started out in Harlem where we learned about the birth of soul food. Then we took the subway to the Grand Central Oyster Bar located in Grand Central Terminal where Chef Sandy taught us all about oysters from the East Coast to the West Coast. Then we went to Saver Test Kitchen where we learned what it's like a day in the life of working recipes and development for a major food magazine. Then we got in a cab and headed over for lunch at Lombardi's where I learned how to make pizza in a coal oven. Then we headed downtown to Domonico's, the oldest restaurant in New York City, where they invented some famous dishes like baked Alaska, lobster Newburgh, eggs Benedict, and they even serve Abe Lincoln's favorite, their roasted potatoes. Then we were off on a ferry to Staten Island where we went to San Rasa restaurant. So if you've never had Sri Lankan food, I would recommend you go here because these chefs are really whipping it up. From Sri Lankan to Indian food, we headed over to Bali restaurant located in Queens. And then we can't forget about One If By Land, Two If By Sea, which is one of the most historic and romantic places to dine in New York City. So come join me as the story unfolds on this season of The Story of Cooking. All right, chefs, it's time for the big reveal on our recipes that shouldn't work, but do. Well, first we did our cornbread today, and it's loaded with delicious medicine. It really is with the buttermilk and the green chilies and onions and garlic and the organic coarse ground cornmeal. We've got wheat germ in there too, remember, and it was the difference between the weights that gave us the different layers. I'm hoping that you can see this well, but what you're going to see when you do it at home is a nice crisp crispy top and it's very custardy inside and then it's got more of the traditional cornbread texture on the bottom. I know this is going to be a favorite of your families. So I want to thank Jane in Wyoming for sending this recipe to us and really sharing some great memories about her family and her grandmother's way of making three-layer cornbread. And to Paul in Tucson, thank you so much for sharing your childhood memory with the funny cake. And it is 
is funny indeed. Now again, I'm hoping that you can see this at home really well. The cake is super light and tender and it's acted as its own glaze while in the oven. So if you look here, it's really crispy on top, almost exactly like a glazed donut. And I don't know how that happened, but it did. And then on the bottom, that watery chocolate sauce, as we called it, became a fudge layer. And it's all on the bottom there. So you'll dig through your crispy glazed top into your soft, fluffy yellow cake and down onto the chocolate fudge. And as you see, it's really gooey and it does kind of become a fudgy layer against the crispy, yummy graham cracker crust. Now again, chefs, one of my favorite ways to do this is to use the dark chocolate cookie crust, but you'll decide what's great for your family. All right, so as you can see, it makes that creamy, fudgy layer on the bottom, and that is just great heaven on a plate. Now the last thing we did was the drink, and that is from the Pousset Cafe, a classic layer drink but this is going to be more tasty I think because it's got the cherry and the orange and then we use the citrus vodka on top so I'm chef Tina Martini and I'm gonna salute the flag I'll see you next time from Tina's Ageless Kitchen